Radio, right or right. That was Carmella Band and a newest release called Nevermore. And we are going to be hearing more about them in this episode, trust me. Oh, yeah. Backstage with Spike, episode seven. We're rolling along here. And I got uh, one of my first of two emails, finally. People are starting to send stuff in. I love it. This is so cool. This uh, question came in uh, by email. This was um, from Sarah in Buffalo, New York. She asked, why don't you play more of your music on the show? Didn't anyone, didn't any of your guests request to, you to play Honeybone Rush? Well, Sarah, thank you for asking. Um, to be honest with you, every single guest I've had so far when I ask them to pick two songs, they've always been so polite and they always want to pick one of mine and I tell them, no, it's not about that. That's not what the show is about. So I make them pick something else. Um, I will be having shows later on with some of the members that have, you know, performed and 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 played with me um you know i'll have some honeybone rush music later on but right now no that's what we're not doing we're trying to focus on other people i want to start paying back people that have been kind to uh to me in the beginning and i want to show them some love and respect back but thank you very much for that question i, I really appreciate it thank you so listen tonight's show special show uh we have somebody here that's uh been a, a staple and an icon for quite a while now in the indie music scene um he's got many projects going uh robot gods and we have uh, ninth revival david hk um excellent musician visionary man that uh, along with demon scar befriended me in the very beginning when i got into the twitter universe here uh, i'd like to welcome him david hk i'm so glad to have him here David, I'm so glad to finally get to talk to you, man. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. We, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing, like the amount of stuff that you know we were able to do without even practically meeting each other or even talking to each other on the phone. I think yeah. after um, I did a similar podcast uh, with Little Rage with Aaron from Robot Guys. I, I I think it was literally maybe almost a year before we even talk to each other on the phone right right so it was it was all through like messages and stuff so it's pretty surreal it's weird though because it's like i feel like i've known you guys you know like you and like you know meds from demon scar you know we we tweet back and forth and we dm and you know stuff like that but it's still not the same you know what i'm saying it's like now i feel like wow i'm actually getting to talk to you you know yeah it's 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 a weird yes it's it's a weirdest feeling but it kind of feel it doesn't feel really any different because you know we communicate in the same way right i feel um, like i know you already you know what i'm saying yeah exactly exactly so uh it's yeah it was it was actually it was actually pretty cool like i think the only person the only uh people that i met in the flesh from uh the, the underworld was demon scar because right. they're they're local they played right. I, I i met meds because he was uh advertising his uh he, he was on twitter and he made a tweet about playing at the revolution i'm like holy shit i know that place so yeah. I, I you know i, I hit up uh, you know I, I hit him up and uh you know we were chatting for a while and right. you know one thing came to the next and i ended up here i'm sure all the clubs mm-hmm. that i remember from long island are long gone did you ever did you, do you remember february's i played february so many times you remember that place but, and for 15 dollars they had the little video that would record you remember that Oh shit! Yeah, I it was a that. little stage. Yeah. It was only like two. No panning, no zooming. It was just, it was just there. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a, a VHS camera that had in the corner. They used to charge you fifteen bucks. The DJ used to do it. Yeah, it was, that was a place where bands went to go when, when 
if you sucked, nobody else would take you. Yeah, anybody I mean, could play in February. That, that's when we, you know, we used to play. I used to play Lamores, CBGBs, Gildersleeves. You know, then we wanted to start branching out. So it's like you gotta go to Long Island, you know. So we go to February's. And do you remember Speaks? I remember Speaks. I remember Sparks. I remember uh, oh Spit. A lot, a lot of clubs yeah. that start with SP. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> Are those places still around though? No, I mean, just about everything is closed on Long Island now. They even closed the Revolution, which really sucks because they had they had little things popping up here and there. They had the downtown Farmingdale they used to go to. They had a place called Tommy Knockers. They used to go there. They, they place, the place is closed. Uh, I think it's the same owner. He closes it. He opens it up somewhere else. But the cool thing about that place was that when you, when you go see a show at that place, you know, they have a lot of national acts playing there. And I, I think um, one of the bands I saw there was Fear Factory. And you literally feel like the place is just, like, so intimate. It feels like they're playing, like, literally in your basement. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like the, the stage is only, like, three feet high off the ground. Right. And, you know, you're not just up close to the musicians. They're, like, practically right on top of you. Well, it's like, I love, do you, do you have, on YouTube, do you ever see House of Strombo? No. Oh, dude, look that up. House of Strombo. It's some house like it's some like producer or whatever that has this house and he crowds like you know fifty people down his basement and um what? oh sh oh shit what's the guy that just passed away the singer um oh shit executioner's tax oh oh power trip power oh wow oh dude you gotta see that with them they do three so they they only do like two or three songs it's so cool but it's like what you said you know there's a chandelier hanging they're almost like the drummer's banging his head into the chandelier. It's so freaking cool. It's in the guy's basement. Oh man, that's a, a, a wow! A glass chandelier in you know in a <laughs> yeah. basement playing. That's an accident waiting to happen, yeah, dude. It's so cool. Let's go fall on someone's it's head. It's so tacky and cool. <laughs> <laughs> so let me. I got one here right off the bat. I'm actually starting to get now emails. People sending me emails and DMs. I'm so happy now. And they're not oh, telling me good. like they're not telling me like to kill myself. You know, actually like decent ones. Oh, um, wow. so you, you're getting people ask asking you to come on the show. On the show. Well, they're asking me now. Well, no, I'm getting like and questions too. Oh wow! Like I got a question for you. It said here. Let's see. This is uh for you, Spike, or your next guest. What do you like to write about the most? It's from Drano Drizzle eighty six. Drano Drizzle eighty six. <laughs> oh, you said Drano. You said Drano. Drano Drizzle eighty six. I don't know. This I actually guy. wrote it. I remember back in high school. I actually wrote a song about drinking Drano. Are you serious? The song was called Yeah, dude. That's sick. This is wild. It was probably around the same year too, eighty six, which is pretty fucked up. Wow. I mean, Drano Drizzle eighty six. I was just bugging out with the guy's name, thinking was it Drizzle? Was it Drano Drizzles up to eighty five that you had to pick eighty six? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So his question was though, like, what do you, is there anything like a subject matter that you like to write the most about? You know what? I can't. When I try to come up with a subject and write about it, I usually can't do it. It's not lyrics can't be contrived with me. I usually just go with the with, you know the, the stream of consciousness type of writing, right. and then I assign meaning to it later. I, I don't know what the song is about or what it means while I'm writing it. It's just coming out, and sometimes. It'll look like it makes no sense. Sometimes it'll make a lot of sense. It'll, it's kind of like a raw shock of like what's going on inside. And then like, okay, now I see why I wrote that. So you don't have a set pattern the way you do it. You don't come, you sit there and like come up with lyrics and then you think about, you know, writing a riff to it or do you write oh, riffs and then you think of what you're going to sing to that riff? I definitely do riffs first. I, I'm definitely, I, I didn't even, I, I put down lyric writing for a very long time 
Um, the first time I, I wrote lyrics in maybe well over a decade was with Robot Gods because, because um, we, we put something together. We had, we had the music down. I'm like, wow, I, I haven't written lyrics in a long time. I don't know if I could do this. And, and, and I was like, oh, I can write lyrics, whatever. And then what I did was that I was hearing the cadence in the song. And what also helps is that if you listen, if I sometimes listen to hip hop, they're, they're like masters of, of cadences, of putting, of, of like putting, especially if you hear like Eminem's like newer stuff. Right, right. The way he fits phrases in, in, in these cadences, it's just so outside the box. Well, I, 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 I find that the hardest thing to do anyway is the lyrics. It yeah, really is. it is. I, I, yeah, can write, it, I can write 20 songs in a month. It'll, it, it feels like it takes me forever to come up with one, you know, songs worth the lyrics. Honestly, I never paid attention to lyrics until recently. Like, I would know a song, like, I, I'd hear a song for, like, years and years and years. I would be aware of every guitar riff, every drum fill, every, every nuance of the instrumentals, but I wouldn't know one single lyric to the song. And then later on, I would look at, oh, is that what they were singing? <laughs> yeah. I thought he was singing. <laughs> You're doing singing something totally different. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't pay the lyrics. We just go through one ear and out the other. I would listen to the 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 voice as an instrument, but I wouldn't listen to the lyrics. But now I'm paying more attention to that since. Right, I'm very self-conscious. I think that's why I find so at me because to me with lyrics, they to me they are important. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's songs for years. Same as you. I know songs for 25, 30 years. I don't know half the lyrics. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, to me, though, like the lyrics, when I come up with something, it's got to mean something. It's got it can't just be jibber jabber. And like, I'm extra careful with it too. Like, I'm not using redundancy. I'll actually break out like a rhyme dictionary or right. a thesaurus, so I won't use the same word twice. I'll try to find another word and see how we could fit in the phrasing and the rhyme. It's it's it, it, it freaking every time every time I write, I'm done writing lyrics. I feel like my brain is like one of those mops you stick in the ringer. And like squeeze all the juice out of. I feel my brain's completely been drained after writing lyrics, and it, and I'm hoping that that will eventually change because music is, it's supposed to be something that flows out of you. It shouldn't be something that you it's have to forced. really try hard to do. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's like I mean, to me, it's 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 art, just like you know, uh, writing poetry, uh, you know, writing a suspense novel. Yeah. It's all art. You know, it's just there's all different kinds of art, and to me, it's art. And like you said, if you're trying to force it, then you know, maybe you should just take a break, you know, step back from it. Yeah, I mean, like, if that, that'll actually project to the people you're, you're, you're displaying your music to. Like, if you're, if you were bored and were working hard trying to make it, they're going to be, they're going to have that feel, you're going to be transferring that feeling over to them. So you definitely want, because music itself, like, what I'll usually do is I'll lay down the drums first, because I, I consider myself a very rhythmic player. I like to feel, I like, I like the rhythm section. I like the drums and the bass, and I, and I I lock myself into that groove. Now throw the guitar on top of that, and um, if I hear some kind of synth melody, I'll throw that on there. I, it's kind of like you know I just build it from the ground up, and the lyrics are like, all right, I guess I got to write lyrics. So that's. <laughs> so David, listen, uh, tell me about the, this newest uh, thing you got coming out here with Robot Gods that just came out today. You did a collaboration, right? Yeah, um, uh, Hokan from Carmilla invited us into a chat room, and he was saying, I want to do this kind of um, 
basically what he wanted to do was write a Carmilla song that didn't sound like Carmilla. Okay. So he basically said, I want to write this doomy kind of song. I was like, what tempo should we keep it? Well, if it's doom, maybe 60. Uh, I, I threw out 80. So, but, you know, I, I guess we settled for 100. Okay. So he, he, he set the tempo. He recorded these three riffs. He put them like in, you know, it was, there were three, there were three uh, parts, three riffs. He put them in even spaces like four, you know, for this, for that, for this, for that. And it went in cycles. So I said, okay, this is good. We have something here. So what I want to do is take this and kind of make it into a structure. So it's like a song. So I, I did. So what I did was I took a piece of paper. I broke, I broke down the parts, you know, I said, okay, this part will be, you know, the verse, this will be the pre-chorus, this will be the chorus, uh, we'll pull, throw in a breakdown over here, and I, I set the, um, I set the drum machine, you know, I put in some beats in the drum machine, I played, I, I you know, I, I uploaded, yeah, yeah, exactly, the, you know, the scratch track, I showed everybody, and then Aaron took my parts, and he played drums over it, so he he wrote the drum parts. So um, so now after Aaron put the drum parts, I usually put the guitar parts over it again. I do I do the, the drum because I I kind of feel like I need to fit into the groove of the drummer. So uh, I did that and uh, I put the, I threw in the threw in the bass riff, and uh, right even before I did that, Adam came up with the first verse right away. He just he just upload he just uploaded the track and I was like wow that that's great he has that you know that that high raspy voice and it just it just sound just sounded great so so when he did that I was like okay it looks like this is on at first you know, I was kind of um, oh what's that word you know when you a word you use all the time but you forget it when it actually counts but. <laughs> I was, I was I was a little skittish about doing it because yeah, I, yeah. I I don't have a history of working with bands of working with people. Right, right. I have a I have a definite idea of what I want to do, how I want it to sound, and when people throw these ideas, which I don't, I I've learned to be diplomatic as I got older. But I wasn't like that when I was young and playing in bands. If I thought an idea was stupid, I would say that's fucking stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, we're gonna suck. The breakdown part, you know, you know Trey and Sincere, I, I told them, you know, this would be a perfect part. I love his voice. You to do. Yeah, it's great. And and this and, and this part would fit in with what Sincere does, just like this heavy, hardcore breakdown. Right. It's just fucking insane. And yeah. He threw that part in there and and you know, Aaron's great engineer. He did a he he did he did a great mixing job. And his brother Jeremy, I I gotta like be grateful for uh, Jeremy as well because he you know, he's he, Aaron's band Ukrainian, his brother Jeremy sings and plays guitar. And I and it wasn't until I saw that behind the scenes video of how engaged he really was. I thought it I I thought his attitude I mean, the cynical fuck I am, I thought I thought his attitude would be like, you know, oh I gotta help my brother out. Okay. No, he was really he was really into it, you know, and he was really engaged, you know. So Jeremy, if you're listening, thank you. And and Trey did a fucking total incredible job editing that video um from the behind the scenes from the video itself i mean and he actually likes do he loves doing it i've done i've done videos before and i fucking hate it i i just like it's just, it's a pain in the ass and if you watch some of my videos you probably could tell they're kind of rushed because i just wanted to get it done i'd be right. sitting i'd literally be looking at the laptop 
They'd be screaming, like, render it, render it already, hurry up. You, know? <laughs> you like me, say. And then when it happened, and the, the program would crash, and then, like, yep. I, then I realized, like, I, I put it upside down. Yeah. No, the episode coming out before this one is with me with Trey, and we talked about that, and I complimented him not so much on their music and their production, and I, I love his videos. He does such a yeah. great – even his, his canvases, you know, when you look at those little – four second yeah, you know looping videos for the song it's so cool what he does yeah he's got a true life of video audio, yeah which is definitely it, i'd say everybody like contributed a thousand percent to this i mean this was truly it wasn't just um you know uh robot guys with guest stars it, this was a group effort i right. mean it it was a collective decision to uh put it out as a robot gods release like originally what i wanted to do was make it a, a, a another band project like let's just instead of saying um this is ninth revival featuring um we made a little joke you know how rappers have lil in front of all their names yeah yeah, yeah uh, it'll yeah. be lil sincere lil you know lil be this girl but you know i was like instead of doing that let's just be a band we'll, we'll make this we'll make this a band name right but eventually they 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 made a collective decision to call it robot gods and i was like Lower the so the, the the reason and it, it was like I felt too humble to say yes, but I couldn't say no because I wanted I I wanted to put out another robot guys release for the first time, and by the fact that it was it was myself laying down the rhythm on the guitar and the bass and Aaron playing the drums, it was kind of like the fact of robot gods in a way. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. But you know, Natalie just did a freaking incredible job on that. Dude, she's uh, incredible. That girl could sing like an angel one minute; and she sounds my... like the devil the next. Yeah. Like a big giant beast. It's like a fucking monster that comes out of that voice. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the hell was that? It's awesome. So listen, being it, we're talking about that. Uh, Going to play now Robot Gods for you, Beneath the Hate. Check this out. All right. Check it out.
already I already spoke about the group effort, but the way it's getting, it's like everybody's putting 100% into this. There, right, right. everyone's promoting it. Everyone's um, putting in, making their own little promos on social media. Right. I mean, like this is like manpower. This is true. This is like manpower coming from everybody here. But as a result, I've actually gotten more followers. Like I've been getting a ton of followers since just today, since just releasing. Right. It. Oh wow, really? I, I think that. Yeah, I think there's power. There's power in video that's just not that you won't just get music. Like when I, I used to do Facebook ads, and I would put um, when I would put a Facebook ad with me making like a little video thing. It could be a crappy video, but people like to see people actually playing. Even even if even if it's in on your couch on your bed, it doesn't really matter. They, it's it's the visual aspect of seeing it. That's done. why a while ago, like me with my stuff, you know, like. You know, I had two guys in the band that, you know, one's a CEO executive. He can't be photographed. He can't do it. And the other guy's an undercover police officer. He can't be photographed, you know. So I was like, yeah. guys, I mean, I, you know, I need to start putting pictures of us. Like, because people are thinking like, you know, like, it's just, it's weird. You know what I'm saying? But, and again, yeah. like you said, and then when you would put up, I put a picture of Johnny on, I put a picture of me. Then I put a picture of Joey, you know, then, you know, things start like picking up a bit because people like, it's tangible. They see somebody, you know, and then even video would be even better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess like being in law enforcement is a touchy thing because like you, you probably put somebody in yeah, jail no, he's like, and now he sees you. Yeah, like, no, definitely. Now he sees you on YouTube. He can find out. Yeah, this guy does undercover work too. Thing, so yeah. it's like, you know, this is like you yeah. know, FBI shit. You know what I'm saying? He can't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's why again, I've been talking with them too. It's like, um, if, I'm going to be taking this in a different direction. I want to find people. I want to start playing out. So, and these guys are all cool about it. They're all grown ups. You know, we jam with friends. We play poker and shit, you know, but I want to stop playing clubs. I want to stop playing out again. Yeah. I've, I've done that. I haven't done that in a really long time. The last time I did that was just out of, with Demon um, Scar, right? I think, I, yeah, with yeah, Demon Scar. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I was watching those videos. That Rams place. Yeah, what place was that? But it, it was, uh, Rams. Okay. That, that was, uh, the town said it was it was over it was close it was it was it was over by me i think by the south shore yeah you sang with them right you was you were singing yeah but that was just like a real spontaneous thing because like the the time they played at mr beery's they had me sing stella cornito with them because you know i was actually on the track and i think this time they wanted to do uh no escape but you know mez was like hey if you want to sing with us through the whole set you go ahead i was like all right, so I, I knew I know most of their songs. There's a couple on the list that I didn't know, so I just sat out and let them do it. But that that was a lot of fun, and and it just came natural. I mean, like I I have a fear of public speaking, but I don't have for some reason I don't have a fear of of uh, I don't have any kind of stage fright when it comes to playing. I'll just jump right on. I actually it. on an interview I did that was like the two, when I was younger, I was very shy, very withdrawn, you know. But I would get on stage and, you know, they, you know, I'd eat milk bone dog biscuits and run around like a maniac and, you know, all that crazy nice. shit. And then when I got off stage, I was the quiet guy sat in the corner again, you know? Yeah, they, they there's like a, it's kind of like a lot of musicians have that kind of alter ego. Yeah. It's like, you'll see, um, they, they say, you know, who's like that? Uh, Zach De La Roca from Rage Against the Machine. They'll say like, you know, he's... He, you'll see him like um before and after the show he'll just be hanging by himself chilling out and then he jumps on stage and explodes and that's how a lot of people, eddie vetter i mean he, he it's hard to even get him for an interview he doesn't want to talk to anybody so he's he's that shy so it's it 
I, I guess the artist persona and um, your everyday personality, it's there's kind of like a lot of uh, artists live in that dichotomy. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's like it's like your alter ego comes out now. You know, you've been shy or embarrassed to do like in public. Now you got no problem doing it up on a stage, you know? Yeah. And for a long time, it's like I had to I I was actually shy about recording my stuff and having it on Facebook because like, you know, my family's going to see it, you know, they're going to see the side of me, you know, and it's, and I forgot that there was this one book that I read. I forgot the name of it. It was, um, I, once I'll, I'll send it to you once I got it. Reading that book once changed my attitude forever about it. And all it took was that one book to just give me that push to get out there and right. do it. It really, not only does it say, you know, fuck what everybody thinks, but it, it gives you, uh, different ways to internalize that and really and after a while you'll have no fear you really don't you really won't give a fuck about because they say the fear of criticism is like the strong is like your worst enemy yeah that's what really holds and, and that's the whole thing like in the business that we're in of doing this you know whether it's you know a livelihood of like you know a hobby that we're doing when you put your stuff out there like this you know it's you gotta be a little thin thick skin because People yeah. are going to say, hey, you know, you suck. You know what I'm saying? You, and you can't let it bother you. Like, you know, I've learned yeah, a long time I, ago. I, I if just, 500 people told me that is awesome and one person told me it sucks, it don't bother you'll me. You'll listen to the guy that right. that guy will hold more weight than everybody who told you it was right. awesome. Because you'll be thinking like, oh, they don't really, this guy somehow knows more about right. music but I don't than let the that, 500 I don't, people. Now yeah. I've learned like it doesn't matter. And again, like anything else, Art, to me, music, you know, whether it's literature or drawing or painting, it's art. And art is subjective. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. you could have the most incredible band in the world, and I could sit there and go, I think the music sucks. I'm entitled. That's my opinion. I don't like it. It doesn't hit it for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I approach music with an open mind. Like, there are bands that I still can't get into. Like, let's just, I'll, I'll throw an example. I, like, people were, like, talking magnetic fields, uh, maybe, like, in 2010. Like, they were the greatest thing to ever fucking grace the planet. I listened to them. I really tried to listen to them. I listened to them for, like, an hour, and after an hour, I was like, okay. Uh, instead of saying, come out saying they suck, I'll just say, I'm not feeling it. You know, I don't, you know, I don't, maybe I, I'm just too dumb to get it. I'll just put it aside, try again later. The same thing. It took me years to find out what was so good about the Grateful Dead. Um, I still don't. I, I still can't get into a lot of this stuff, but the the American Beauty album is fucking fantastic. Like I'll mention two bands right now. I mean, I really don't give a shit what people think. Again, I will tell you that the like Rush, I know they're amazing musicians. It is technically proficient and incredible. I like maybe two or three songs. I never got into Rush. I I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? I you know, don't as far like as it. Rush goes. Uh, what I like from Rush is their really, really deep stuff they did, like when they had like ten people coming to their show. I like Passage like the to Hemispheres. Bangkok stuff like that. Is what I like. Yeah, I like that, but I like Hemispheres, like the the song that's like twenty minutes right. long. That 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 kind of stuff I like from them. I like. I remember I used to pl like to play my vinyl records. I still kept, I was playing vinyl records even before they went back in style. There was just something about them that I couldn't really get from digital music, even from CDs. But I would play it as. I'd lock myself in a room, you know, shut the lights out, you know, spark up a joint, and I'll light up the candles. And, like, yeah, I would just put on an entire album and just get lost in the That's album, like, no matter how long I, the I remember was. back in the day when I was young, and you know, everybody's into, like, you know, Tony McAlpine and Yingwee Malmsteen. 
I'm sorry, it's boring. I mean, the guy's a virtual. I know he's incredible. I know it's like listening to, you know, classical. It's fucking boring. I'm sorry. I don't like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, the thing with Yngwie is that I can get into his first three tracks, and then, like, as you go further into the album, it starts sounding the same. And I actually broke down, like, because I was trying to transcribe some of the solos, and I was actually breaking them down. They're the exact same riffs. It's like, it's a... It's like a, they're just minor scales and arpeggios. But he, he, and he does them great. You could slow them down and even slow, you hear this dude slow, he hits every note perfect. He, he, he's a virtuoso. Incredible, he's yes. But again, does. I find it boring. But he just does the same shit over and yeah. over again. So, and again, like, I get mad when people like, you know, you're an asshole. You don't know what you're talking about. I know I don't like it, okay? And I'm, I don't have to like it. I'm sorry. I don't like it. Uh, uh, I'll give you one more band. Megadeth. I like two or three songs. That's it. I'm sorry. Oh man, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. That's why. That's why I differ. I'm a huge Megadeth. Uh, and that's I'm cool. Like, I would never say, you know, oh, how could you like them? You do it, it. You know, it hits something with you, and you like it. I'm just. I like two or three songs. Yeah, there's, there's something. Uh, Megadeth always like struck a chord with me. No, no pun intended. Right. I, <laughs> that was pretty good. I, okay. I like that. <laughs> I'm gonna use that. I, I was. Yeah, it's it's kind of corny throwing puns out of there, but I really love. I, I, I always loved Megadeth, even from the beginning with the, the Killing Is My Business. I have that on vinyl. And, you know, even with vinyl records today, they, I guess since it made a comeback, everyone was trying to produce vinyl. They're making them out of these shitty masters. But this sound, almost sounds like they actually used the actual analog masters because there's so much punch in it. Like, I, I got, like, one of the, new, the, one of the newer um, copies of Fatal Portrait from King Diamond, which was, like, another album I lived on. And I just remember, like, I listened to the beginning of the of when the when it just came into this, the first song, uh, the candle, and it was missing something. It didn't have that punch that the that that it used to have. I think it's yeah. It's when you go from like analog to digital back to analog. I mean, you just pretty much lost everything. They really, but pretty much defeats the purpose because all you're doing is just playing grooves on on. Um, what, what I missed though back then with, with, with the with the albums is I remember when I was younger, you know, you would listen to the album and just look at that album cover over and over. Oh and yeah. Look at, especially if it had like crazy drawings and shit, or if it was you know one that opened up and you'd be looking at this and looking at that, and I just I love that. And you would listen to the music and you would look at all that stuff on there and and the, the the artwork or the photos of the band. I oh yeah, that. you need all the liner notes, the yeah. credits. Oh, thank you to my all mom. Thanks, yeah. to, thanks to the the grocery packing boy at Path Marker. Like, I whatever. miss that so much. Or you'd be looking at, you know, it'd be whatever, say a Kiss album, and you're looking at like, oh wow, he's using reverse. That's a reverse Firebird, you know, and you're looking at his guitar strap and what they were using, and yeah, I miss that. That 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 I miss. I mean, yeah, you opened it up. It was larger than life, and then CDs came out. You need a fucking magnifying glass, <laughs> a fucking microscope yeah, also, to read the lighter notes. But the CDs that. came out. We were getting older too. I you can't know? even see that. <laughs> it's true. So yeah, I just want to ask you: Do you know anybody that? I mean, I pitch my fucking songs every time on that. Not every time, because sometimes I don't give a shit. But a lot of times, you know, to get on the playlist. Do you know anybody that's ever got on it? You know, you pitch your yeah. song on Spotify before it comes out. Well, the Bone Dress the Dead, uh, they were on our playlist for a while. Right. They never interacted with us, but you know, they they had no audience for the longest time. 
Right. And just one day they got picked up by an editorial playlist. Now they got like 20,000 listeners. Like did it, like Camilla band ever get picked up by that? Or you don't know, right? Not yet, but I have a feeling they will. They're, they're very soon. I think they're going to be picked up um, before any of us. Um, yeah, they got like 11,000 monthly followers as it is. Yeah, because uh, Heidi from the Butcher Babies took their song and put it on her playlist, which has like 80,000 followers. And it's active too. Wow. And they put it like at the top. And, uh, and so many people saved their tracks. And so when they just put out Nevermore, it just completely blew up release radar. And uh, so I think what's going to eventually, eventually it's going to happen. I mean, now they, they're going to, now they're going to do a song with, uh, through Heidi, they, they, they got uh, Lena Scissorhands from uh, Infected Rain to sing with them. And that's going to be huge. I think they're going to, I think they're good. They're definitely going to, um, yeah, they're going to break out real soon. I think it's only a matter of time before they go on the playlist. I mean, you have a singer that has star power and a great voice and, and she's got, and she's got good stage charisma, you know, and, you know, they, they, and if you look at their profile, like everything's formatted correctly, the way the photos are, I mean, they're, they're doing everything right. And I think, it's only a matter of time before they completely break out. I, don't, I think so, it's going to happen sooner than later. So let me. What do you think of Bandcamp? Bandcamp? I, I haven't gotten into that yet. Um, oh, you're not even on it? I thought I was following. Um, no, I am on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I haven't been active on it. Uh, there's a lot of work I got to do. The yeah, first thing I learned was like they don't accept MP3s. I tried to upload um, my MP4. I think it says MP3s or waves. Doesn't it? No, you, you could download them, but the oh, file okay. you give them has to be a lossless file. It has to be a, yeah. a good quality file. Yeah, I put waves so the, all the time. Yeah, I think it's a reason, great idea, but like I don't know, it's just it's not it's not it's not like multiplying for me. I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, but the thing is that you feel if if you compare the two side by side, they're they're artifactual here in MP3 that you hear like in a wave. Right. So. Or a, uh, a wave or a flack or whatever they use. But the thing is now, now in order for me to to upload a wave, I have to remaster that track and then put out a better quality file. So I got to do that with all of my songs. I just never really got around to doing it. I got to find, I, I was meaning to ask somebody, like, what's a good merch company? What are good merch companies? So I mean, when, that, when, when you upload to Spotify, you're uploading uh, MP3s? Now I upload waves since... Yeah. Um, I got. I kind of educated myself a bit on the difference of quality. Right. I think I kind of like. I would have gotten better responses uh, from the outside should I have loaded better quality files to my songs because that's what a lot of do. But they they they're going to end up downgrading it. They're going to end up compressing it. Yeah, anyway. they do. They dumb it down anyway. Because yeah, I'll put I'll put my test mix you know on a um a flash drive and I go check it out in the car and the, you know the windows are shaking and the you know, the mirrors are rattling, you know, and then when it comes out on Spotify, say, and I play it through that, it's like, you know, half my balls are gone, you know? Yeah. Oh, you know what you also want to, there's a, there's a little trick you could do. They, if you go into settings, you see normalize. Right. You just turn the normalization off and you'll hear everything at its original volume. Because that's what I do. I listen to it that way because I want to hear the songs how the, the engineers oh, you know, okay. intended me to hear it. So, like, I'll hear one song, and then the next song will come. I'll be like, my ears will get blasted out. Okay. I'll be so, listen, uh, we're going to play another song here. 
And this is uh, one of my favorites. Oh, oh, Wendigo Rising. Oh, Wendigo is a uh, that's a, uh, a, a, a a folklore creature uh, from the uh, Native American tribes by the Great Lakes. Uh, supposedly, uh, if you get if, if you get bitten by a Wendigo, you turn into a Wendigo, and it it's a creature that has a never ending thirst for blood, and the more it eats, the skinnier it gets. Therefore, the hungrier it gets. And um, this song is based on the legend, um, and I've from the from the novel that was written, I guess, like in the early uh, 20th century. Uh, but it's it's reared its head in a lot of. Uh, I think the Wendigo had its own movie. Stephen King was actually, I think, the it the movie it uh, Pennywise was uh, a manifestation of the Wendigo. So it kind of it kind of permeates. Uh, it, it kind of permeates uh, horror film culture. So is that sort of like it, it was, it, like a Native American like a vampire? Would you consider like kind that? of, kind of? You kind of say it, it, it's kind of it's kind of like a vampire. It's a it's definitely um, I, it's, it seems to be more maybe more like a werewolf, but it's it's kind of like in the same type of category, I guess. But I, I was fascinated about the story of the Wendigo, so I figured I'd write a song about it, and you know I. I and I, I instead, but in folk in the folklore legend, I put a little twist to it. The, the Wendigo would uh, would attack the tribes, but they this this Wendigo went after the settlers that came up there, the white settlers in the northeast. And so uh, they, you know, the Native Americans, we, they had they had hard enough time. Leave them alone. Let them go after the white people. You know. So that's the, that's what that's what that song's about. You know, and I put a. I tried to make it uh, as wintry as possible with the with the sound effects at the end, and you know, I tried to give it. I tried to really capture that spirit of fear throughout the song, or make it really heavy at the same time. Oh, it's a killer song. It's one of my favorites. I'm going to listen to it right now. Oh, thanks. Awesome. When the go rising. Oh, 
That's still one of my favorite songs, David. You gotta do me. You gotta do us a favor. What's this? Uh, Grim Crow. Is this a new project now that you're working on? Uh, yeah. Um, I was I was always a fan of industrial music. I I always loved bands like Nine Inch Nails, Ministry. Um, oh yeah, everybody does. Ramstein, yeah. right? Ramstein. Yep. Yep. That was great. Uh, so basically, um, I I discovered I ran into a band called House Made of Dawn. Uh, you may know them from the in the underworld playlist. Uh, I'm a big fan of their music. I, I pretty much love everything they put out. I decided I decided one day like I would really love to do an industrial project. Um, I, I've been meaning to hit them up for for a long time. But I love the song Games Without Frontiers from Peter Gabriel. I always loved that since I was maybe ten. And that song and that song already has a dark vibe to it. If you add some like dark synth and some heavy guitars, you could really make that sound great. So uh, I think one day. I dropped Bliss an email and, or a DM, and I said, you know, hey, I'd like to cover uh, Peter Gabriel, Games of Frontiers. And um, she brought it to her bandmate, Alpha, and he was all for it. You know, he was he was good to go. And what I did was that before, uh, before I even presented the idea, I was already messing with some samples. Um, some loops and samples along with um, along with a beat that I programmed on, you know, 
an easy drummer. And and so it kind of had, I kind of started that song with the kind of vibe I wanted to use. And um, so since they agreed to do it, um, enthusiastically agreed to do it, I, I put a, I finished learning the song and I'll tell you something. The song sounds simple when you hear that Peter Gabriel, when you hear it done by Peter Gabriel. Right. It's in four four time. It sounds simple, but there's so much musicality to it. There's really a lot to it. It took me a while to learn that. And so I, I, I learned the song. I, I reinterpreted it the way I wanted to present it. I, I recorded, um, I finished recording the drums. I recorded my part. I put the loops that I wanted to use, and I just um, handed it over to them. And Alpha puts these um, killer, this absolute killer-sounding synth over it. Heavy sound, really like the synth, puts synth drums, um, some rhythmic synth, uh, trying to give it that atmosphere. And, um, and some some rising synth. And, um, and Bliss, she actually did a great job singing um, the you know, the French part at the, at the beginning, you know, I, you know, she sings it like after the chorus, Okay. Um, you know, the beginning of the song, she yeah. did a great job at that and with the backup vocals. And, um, it, it was, it was just another thing that flowed together and it's, and it's sounding great. And I'm definitely looking forward to releasing this. And so when, when is that going to be coming out? Do we have a, a target date? It's, it's going to come out March 19th. Okay, great. Uh, I just want to plug, uh, the importance of pre-saving. I always I always push pre-saving because when when you pre-save, you're automatically following the band. I I, I totally get it because it, right. it has that little checkbox in there, like saying they're going to share your email with the. And they think we're going to spam you, which is which is not true. I, I yeah, I could probably see your email if I looked for it, but I'm not going to start sending you emails like free iPhone because you pre-saved my song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's going to happen is that. Spotify will send you an email to let you know my track is out. So right. you can hit it on release radar. And when you hit in ours, it, it doesn't cost you a penny. When you when you pre-save a person's track, when you follow that artist's profile and when you play them on release radar, you're telling the Spotify algorithms that you really dig this artist. Right. And what the algorithms will do is push your music you push your music out so more people can hear it. That's the best way to support your favorite artist. I don't ask for your money. I don't want your money. Even if I sold merch, whether you bought it or not, I, I, it's kind of. What's funny though is like a lot of people like that, like they support you know, you know, indie bands like us and stuff, but they don't realize that um, it costs. There's so much that they could do to really support you, and it costs nothing. Just two seconds. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. A click here or a click there, and nobody's asking for money. Nobody's asking, you know, we don't want your address. None of that stuff. Just it's if you could just clicks. click this or click that or say yes, you know, it goes a long way. Yeah, well, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna send you emails. You want them? You want a million dollars? You know, right? We just yeah, we we just it's simple. You just click that link to the landing page. You click pre-save, and it's done. You'll, you'll forget you did it until the day you got the email. You hear our songs out. You get excited. You, you go to your release radar. You see a picture of us on there. You click the track. And if, all, and if you get a lot of people to do that, and if enough people, and if you really start flying on release radar, you show up on Weekly Discovery. And if people, and that's when you really show up, that's when they really put your track out to people that never heard of you before. And if people respond well to you on there, they have even higher level 
algorithmic list like new noise uh the other one fresh blood and that's where the editors will find you and you don't and that's out there's other ways of getting on editorial playlists without necessarily having to submit to them because sometimes we feel that could be like winning a lottery because i mean because so many the chances of chances of getting on there are kind of slim since everybody's uh, submitting to them but there, there are other ways that you can get there um and it's definitely um definitely some help from your fans i mean i used to hear all the time like these rock stars saying like oh we owe, we're nothing without our fans uh we owe everything to our fans and i thought they were just talking because that's the shit you're just supposed to say but i'm but it wasn't until recently how real how, how I, I realized how true that was whenever somebody retweets something or they throw horns up in the comments because they're like it's very humbling it's like wow they they actually like my music david i'm so glad we had time to talk man i'm so glad you i'm um, thank you so much for coming on the show hey, thanks, thanks for inviting me God, Great time. Man. no i wanted to talk to you for a long time i mean this is long overdue long overdue yeah. hey hit me up anytime you know it's I enjoy, definitely enjoyed the conversation. Oh, I mean, it's, uh, without a doubt. I'm sure, there'll be a, I'm sure there'll be a lot more going on. But what I'd like to do, and I was speaking with a couple of the other guys, I want to do another show. I want to get like a bunch of us on. And we can oh, do like maybe awesome. maybe a tech talk, you know what I'm saying? Talk about like, you know, let, let's get into the geeky stuff for the other musicians out there. What amps you like, what strings I use, and you know, yeah. just, just talk, you know, shoot the shit like on what we like to do and what we how we you know, what we like to play. All that stuff. I want to do like a tech, oh, a tech aspect. And what what's really is getting me upset is I really wanted this show to be about the fans. And I've, you know, I got a bunch of them lined up, but they all keep on chickening out on me. You know what I mean? I want to get oh. like the fans on here, not musicians, but the people who support us, you know? And I got, oh, I got like five or six people that were lined up and everybody keeps on coming up with little excuses. Oh, I can't this week. Maybe next week. You know, that's what I wanted this to do. I want to do, a, you know, 50% musicians and 50% the fans, you know, non-musicians. Yeah, kind of get the whole subculture. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, I want to really get, get producers on. I want to get DJs on. You know, I want to talk every aspect of the whole thing. But I really want to focus on fans. But you guys out there, listen, you got to stop chickening out. Have a couple of drinks or smoke a doob, do whatever you got to do. But, you know, you got to come on and you got to talk. Yeah, I mean, I get how hard it is because, like, I I have whatever someone I think um, I think Troy mentioned about going on um, going on old guys show, and they seem like it seems like a real cool show to be on. But I usually I mean I know I was comfortable coming on with you because I know you. Right. But whenever someone mentions podcast, my stomach drops. <laughs> I force myself to do it. I did two shows with those guys. They are freaking hysterical too. Yeah, I mean I, I love listening to their show, and one day you know. I'm definitely going to hit them up. And, you know, the only thing with that. them, again, they're live and it's radio, so you can't curse. You know, so like I had a, you know, up on my screen, I had a, a index card that said, do not curse live show. You know what I'm saying? Because I, yeah, mean, I, I got a potty mouth. Yeah. I curse all the time. Hey, we're from New York. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What the fuck? Yeah, right. You kidding me? Forget about it. <laughs> it's like we don't count the times we curse. We count, we count how many words that we say that aren't curses. I'm the only person I know that could use the word fuck as a noun and an adjective in the same sentence. Yeah. <laughs> you know fuck you, you fucking fuck. <laughs> exactly. We got a gift for it. You know what I'm saying? It's odd. Yeah. David, I love you, brother. Thank you so much for Same being here. on love the show. Too, man. Everybody, yeah, thank yeah. you for tuning in. We'll talk to you yeah, soon. Thank you. All Peace. Right. All right. Peace. Peace out.